0: Follow the power lines back from the road. No
1: one around, so I take off my clothes. Am I the only one in the only
0: world? Nice. Here we go. That's a good pick for a microphone because it was the closest one to you. Aren't they the exact same one? Um. Mine has a little bit more tape gunk on it <laughs> um, As is usually cool. the case when you buy things secondhand at Long and McQuaid Just a little bit more tape gunk You got these at Long and McQuaid I, I'm going to buy a
1: fog and laser machine at <laughs> uh, Long and McQuaid this week
0: For your lo- fog and laser show? Yeah Nice Wouldn't yeah. it be great if it wasn't? You're like my, no. fo-
1: my fog machine is breaking down So then I thought I might as well just splurge on a really good one
0: What? What, how do you, what do you put into the fog machine to make it go?
1: Uh, fog liquid is yeah, the best okay. way I can describe it.
0: I wasn't sure if you put like a capsule and something inside like compresses it and then turns it into fog. I
1: wasn't sure. No, there's like dry ice machines which you put in uh, a similar liquid. But it's just like this like w- water-based. Um, y- it has to be like a water-based fog machine and you put it in, and it just dries it up and turns it into steam, basically. Oh, okay. Um, but it's it's pretty much the coolest thing you can have at your shows. Yeah,
0: it is. The second someone whips out something that extends beyond just like um, a lighting sequence, I'm like, oh, my God. The second someone brings, here's what it is, a prop that requires plugging in, I'm like, everyone get ready.
1: I, I actually have gone to the point where I'm like, oh, man. I love these lasers because I had a, a laser pen that I was bringing to the show and it has star lens and it would shine all over the place. And then all of a sudden I got to the point where I'm like, why not just go full out and have mm-hmm. the whole machine? So now I'm going to, I, like I said, I'm going to go and rent this like giant one and see what happens.
0: Um, that's great. Yeah. Um, Rubrico, hi, how are you?
1: I'm OK. I'm pretty good. Yeah. I'm always OK. I don't think uh-huh. I'm ever like, I'm doing great. Uh, well, good because I don't trust those people. <laughs> I know. I, I don't. I literally. I really don't. Some, I'm like nothing's ever super great. Um, I'm.
0: I don't know if you're this way. I'm very distrustful of someone who's constantly speaking in a jumped octave. Like the person who's <laughs> yeah. constantly living up here. Of like, like actually, how I just uh, talked to you, I was like, um, "Hi, good, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, I'm good. I'm so good." That I'm person, I don't want to know.
1: Um, but I, d- I, I do that sometimes, but. I'll do it and then I'll, if I see somebody and they're like, how you doing? I'll do the, I'm doing pretty good. And then I don't give eye contact. I'll just like look down at the ground and do like mm. the, I'm doing pretty good. And then that tells you right away then. Yeah. You're like, wow. Nothing's really going well.
0: I can tell how comfortable you are based on how closely you're clutching your vocal cords together. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I need you to know this is like a real deep feels first and that you're the first person i'm so hugely flattered you asked to be on the podcast
1: yeah well um i asked because you were i I think you had posted um asking to talk to comedians dealing with anxiety that's exactly right um and uh i've i've had some pretty uh pretty intense uh years with anxiety and stress and um uh, I mean, I, I try to work it, with it as much as possible because I know I always am gonna have it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more just how to release it. Um, but I uh, yeah, I've always been a very stressed out person. I think I grew up in a very stressful family. Did you? Um, I mean, I I love my family, but it's we we grew up in a very like just always be on alert. Always, uh, I mean, I had a perfect example this morning. Uh, I showed up to uh, um, uh, to get my car fixed. I had like a couple of recalls on it. So I brought it over and my immediate reaction, which I feel like every, a lot of people would have this, would be like, is the mechanic trying to fuck me over? Mm. <laughs> and I'm so, I'm that, I, I don't trust anyone. Yeah. I really don't. Um, and uh, I just, yeah, I'm always on alert and I'm kind of, very uh, I have a lot of a lot of anxiety especially with performance, but yeah
0: It's interesting because I'm always really taken aback by people I mean, I'm I shouldn't be surprised at this point But it's interesting that you say that you kind of carry that with you because I remember the first time I met you it was a handful of years ago at Toronto Fringe and remember when like Jill Bartolucci and all those guys were doing Everybody Loves Sea World and they were giving away remember they were giving away two tickets to people if they would come in and help them set up because they had such a short amount of time to get the stage set up before their showtime. Yeah, and I remember you were that person with myself we were the two people I hadn't met you before and honest to God and I've said this to people since in meeting you my immediate takeaway from kind of coming face to face with you that first time I was like I just met this. Guy. I said to someone afterwards. I'm like, I just met this guy named Rod. He's so nice. That was my immediate takeaway for, of you, and I don't and just you. very. But I mentioned that also just because I thought you seemed also like a very, like, calm, very like happy-go-lucky person. Um, I am very calm because
1: mm. I can't. Uh, if I get too excited, uh, my anxiety kicks in. So that's usually why I'm pretty calm. A I lot see. of people say that actually um my girlfriend gwen comments on that a lot she'll just be like oh you're so you have no emotions sometimes you're just so like and it's because sometimes i'm like i can't get too excited right it's just this you know it it makes me panic or something right. i don't There's know what no, it is like kind of well i wonder so if i would like to yeah. stay calm in a lot of situations well for that um which comes across as being nice but it's more just let me just being on one level for a lot of the, a lot of the, of the week.
0: Well, you mentioned kind of growing up in a house where you kind of were always in high alert. So let's kind of, I guess, maybe I'll ask you just about the makeup of your house. So do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have two older brothers. So you're the baby. Yeah, I'm the baby. I'm the artsy one of
1: the family. Right. Um, I mean, my middle brother too. He's, he's very artistic. He's re- really good. He's an animator. Um. I am the performance artist of the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we grew up in a, uh, I, I, I like to call it a very, <laughs> very North American Latin family, where like okay, just, uh, any anybody with like immigrant parents knows that when you get to Canada and you have immigrant parents, or when you live in Canada and you have immigrant parents, it's like these parents who are basically trying to live two lives, where they're like. You know we're traditional and we 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 want to respect our culture but at the same time we got to try to fit in and acclimatize so yeah
0: (laughs) and so are your parents are they still together
1: yeah they're still together they're the loveliest cutest latin parents i've ever had and i've had a lot um no uh (laughs)
0: you this actually we find out the reason why your story is so fraught you're like fun fact uh foster home to foster home um it was a lot
1: no they are uh they're the it took me a long time to know how loving they are it's like when you're like a teenager and you're like stop loving me so much Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you're an adult and you're like wow okay no never mind it's usually you are the sweetest people ever and they've uh a a a big reason as to why i am i i consider myself, you know, a hard worker and and i and i am grateful that i get to work a good amount and it's because of them because they're so supportive and they've been to every show and they're mm. always like you, you know.
0: Well, by the way, they say that when teenagers kind of uh when they start to rebel and the harder they pull away is usually an indication actually of having a very close relationship, which is good oh, wow. like because it's that, it's that idea of when child and parent are so close and so loving, yeah. the child is wanting to pull away harder because there is that closeness. That's interesting. And then usually the, they they kind of come back like in or around their 20s. Like there is, I literally just, <laughs> I I wait tables and there was a woman um, who I was waiting on yesterday and I would say she had, she was there with her two kids, both of whom were approximately like 12 and 13 and they were being very nice, but kind of being like, I would say very garden variety like like she asks for the bill, she's in the middle of paying the bill and they're already putting their coats on to leave and then she's like, can you wait for me? Can you just wait for me? And then, and then I just looked at her and I said, I'm like, don't worry, they'll come back in like 10 more years. You just need to wait 10 more years. And she was like, I know. Um, but that's, why do, why do you th- awesome. think, uh, uh, yeah, just me speaking to this complete stranger, let me tell you about your children probably. Um, why do you think you grew up in a kind of sort of high alert householder situation?
1: Um, I mean, our lifestyle was pretty much, uh, uh, changing a good amount as growing up. Like my dad was, uh, my dad was a consultant, so he owned his own business and we, um, kind of moved around a lot. Uh, it was, it was just like always be on alert to like, if we got to do, you know, if we need to change to do something, we, we got to do it. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, no, we can't complain about it. So. I remember at one point uh, my dad got a job in Kuwait and uh, he moved to Kuwait to go work there and it was supposed to be for like two years or something. And then uh, at at that point it was like, do we stay in Canada or do we go closer to my dad? And then uh, my mom and my middle brother, uh, Raf, we decided to, go to uh, move to Spain. My parents were like, we're moving to Spain now. So we moved to Spain for a bit to be closer to my dad, my dad would come visit every couple of weeks, and it was just like, a, you know, it was like you try to adjust. So it was just like I, I could definitely tell there was stress a good amount of the time, mm-hmm. but uh, it it helped in a way where it just made me realize like, whatever happens, you just gotta you, gotta, Roll with you the got you got mold to yeah. it, and yeah. there's
0: that fe- there's a sense then of not really feeling settled ever. Because there's always this maybe lingering sense of like don't get too comfortable because we're just gonna have to get up and go at whatever point Maybe
1: oh man, and that affected me a lot because i'm kind of like that now where i'm so easy going Where i uh, i'm so easy going with my lifestyle where i'm like, oh, I, I don't know where i'm gonna be in a month or I mean, uh I'm i'm pretty thankful that gwyn is the same way where we're both just like actors and we don't really know where we're gonna Be in a year, but it's like this we're trying to pursue something But at the same time We're like Who knows what'll happen in you know In our careers uh, Six months from now And right. that's honestly The way it's been Where you know One minute we're One minute I'm I'm I got I You know I'm in like Columbia Filming like a commercial And then all of a sudden It's like Seven months later uh, We're trying to do An independent comedy TV show In the middle of Scarborough Right You know So it's uh, which is awesome, I, I love it, but it, it definitely taught me, growing, growing up like that, taught me to just roll with the punches and whatever situation we're in, you just gotta make the most
0: out of it. So. Do you find that having that mindset though kind of gets in the way of you growing attached to people or things because if there's the sense maybe that it won't be lasting, is there the kind of subconscious pressure you put on yourself of like, well then don't bother investing?
1: Oh man, yeah, uh, a, a ton. I've I've thrown away so much, so much stuff from my past. Like as in physical stuff. Like mm. uh, I remember at one point I was moving into I think it was like my second apartment ever with a couple of friends, and uh, my friend John uh, had commented on the fact that I didn't really have that much stuff, and I was like, oh yeah, I just threw I threw out most of it like whatever. It's just like old like school papers and stuff like nothing really important. And he was like, wow, you can just get rid of that stuff easily. And at the time I didn't really think about it. I was like, yeah, whatever. It's like, whatever. I threw away, you know, my yearbooks and like stuff like that. And now I look back on it. I'm like, wow, I really made that super easy for myself. Right. That stuff I could have like kept around and looked at, but I just, I don't know.
0: But even like, consider the subconscious impracticality of keeping stuff if you're accustomed to moving all the time, right? Because then it's this idea of like, well, I don't want to move all the stuff. Yeah. So if you're kind of wired in that way of like, well, just kind of make it so that you always can carry a lighter load.
1: Yeah, that's that, that's exactly, I feel like, I feel like that's the reason where I was just like, yeah, it's just a lot easier. I can put it all in one car. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's funny. I'm the same way. I think I, you know, in, hmm. In some respects, I am, but in many respects, I'm really not a sentimentalist. Like, I'm not someone who, like, do you know the five languages of love thing? No. Probably. So there's this idea that there are five ways in which people sort of like to receive and then also demonstrate love and affection. So one being um, terms of endearment, the other um, physical touching, and that's not even, like, um, like, and I d- it, that often doesn't even mean, like, um, explicitly sex. Like, it's also just, like, Um, Touching someone's face, you know, just kind of like very like um, gentle kind of physical checking in. Yes Um, The other is services the other is gifts and then the other one is uh, quantity versus quality of time and For me the one that rates the lowest in relation to how I like to give and receive love um, are gifts like physical things. I'm like I don't care about this like I don't it's funny when you were like Oh, I threw away all these school papers. I'm like I don't have any school papers because I'm the same way where I'm like get I don't care. And I don't know if that has to do with, um, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine it's in relation to the same kind of thing that you're talking about, because, you know, I did not have a similar experience, let's say, of having to constantly do the packing up and getting up and go uh, going. But
1: I mean, it wasn't that crazy. It was more like uh, moving from house to house. Uh, we didn't necessarily move like Spain was the furthest we ever went how many and, places have you lived though in in like homes like yeah how uh, many like how many houses
0: would you say you lived in as a
1: kid five
0: okay yeah I yeah
1: think five yeah five and it was always like okay get ready maybe in a couple of years we're gonna move again sort of thing mm. and it was like okay you got used to it the longest I lived in uh we lived in this one one house which was a really nice house but I guess it got to the point where uh, the landlord wanted us out or something like that. I don't know. But I I, I, uh, I feel like we lived there for, what, eight years, seven mm-hmm. years sort of thing. That was the longest. And it felt like an eternity. I was I'm just sure. Like, this is
0: like Comparatively. You know, part of my
1: life. This is amazing, this house. And then also we moved away and I forgot everything about it.
0: Mm, yeah. Well, you talk about being someone who deals with anxiety now. And so were you an anxious kid?
1: I was a, I was a very shy kid. Um, I mean, no, I, I wasn't, I, I, w- I was shy around people that I just didn't relate to. Hmm. If you put me in a room, like in the drama class, I was just all over the place. I just wanted to be a performer. I loved getting on stage. I was, you know, doing Jim Carrey impressions all the time. And then all of a sudden I would get into a room with, you know, people who I just didn't feel connected to and I would shut down and not talk. Right. And I didn't have the uh, I didn't have that like confidence. I feel like I wasn't very confident when I was a kid. And um, and uh, I would get I would get a lot of anxiety from that. I didn't know it would affect me so much when I'm older because it really kicked in at a certain point in my 20s. Where I didn't perform because of just confidence, like I, really? I, I didn't. Yeah, there was like a good portion of my, a good portion of like my my early twenties. I was more preoccupied with uh, with you know just trying to uh, tr- trying to like fit in somewhere or like I didn't really care about my own like mental health really. Mm-hmm. I was just like, whatever, like, you know, like I'm part of a I'll be in a band now. Like, you know, I'll I'll do that for a while. And like this is cool. that people will people will think this is cool and like we weren't really good. And like I was just like, whatever. Like now I'm gonna, you know, try to work in an office. And like um but it uh it got to the point where I was just like I I always still wanted to be a performer. I wanted to get into comedy and I had to like somehow find my way of 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 really getting like I I think I needed like a kick in the ass or something, but it just uh yeah, I didn't really get into it until I was 25. I would just like talk about it all the time. I'd be like right. I want to I want to be a comedian. I want to be an actor. And I didn't really do anything about it. I just didn't really have the uh, yeah I didn't have the confidence I, I didn't uh, I didn't actually think I could do it well enough.
0: I think that's tricky particularly because I think there's so much about um, an artist' development when you first start off and you if you have really good taste you're aware of what um, so you you're aware of when something is good and then because your ability starting off doesn't parallel your taste you're just so aware of what the chasm is between the two and it's yeah. hard to push through that to have your ability match your uh your preference and your taste i think
1: yeah i i made so many excuses as to why i couldn't do anything um and uh yeah i, I just surrounded myself with people who just we just uh everything was an excuse as to why you couldn't do something and it was it was interesting because when i realized that i was like wait a second like you, it's, it has nothing to do with you know I, I don't know. I, I really got to the point where I was just like, I need to I need to uh, to make something or I need to just do it. And uh, be, because, first of all, you're like you go through these stages of of uh, where do I begin? And like, how do I get an agent? And like, how do I I'm not a real actor unless I'm, like, getting paid to do something. Like, you you go through all that of, I'm not a professional, and then I really hadn't done anything yet. So I was like, how am I supposed to really call myself a, an artist or anything if I haven't even, like, made anything?
0: Did you suffer from this thing, which is something I still struggle with, which is the idea of needing to wait for someone else's permission to do something? Uh, yeah, that's that's actually what I, I was uh,
1: dealing with. And especially when you're like, I don't know, I I felt like I was, uh, when you're in like your early 20s and everything, you're still, at least for me, I I just didn't really know what, who, who I was. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, this is what, this is what I enjoy. Uh, I started looking at the comedies that I, that I really loved. And then um, instead of copying them, I started writing my own stuff. And uh, didn't really show anybody. Um, and these things that you're writing, are they sketches? Or are they, is it stand-up? Film, more film yeah. sketch, uh, which is, you know, I was really into films or anything, but I didn't really, I, I, I was trying to get into like stand-up. I was trying to get into sketch and everything, but I just, I, I, I really didn't connect that much to anyone. Um and then uh when I started going out with uh Gwyn, my girlfriend right now. Uh Gwyn Phillips. Hey. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh I've been with her a very long time, like seven years. And she was the one actually that got me involved uh more and was the one who was like, You have to make something. Um and uh yeah, I think I remember I got into I started watching like Tony Ho videos. And then I was like, oh my God, I want to make something like that. These guys are awesome. And uh, yeah, I remember meeting uh, Roger at like a, like I started talking to him at a, a, I mean, I met him because I would go to the uh, shows that they would do at Hart House. That's uh, right. The Henri Fabergé shows. And uh, I, I, I remember going to a bar in Kensington one night talking to roger and i was like hey like if you ever want to make something like i'm you know because at the at the time i was working in film like i was working as a pa and anybody who has worked as a pa knows that you feel completely lost when you're mm-hmm. when you're a pa on a film set it's because you're beginning and you don't really know your place and you're not really but feeling it's somewhere to start, to you don't really yeah. know
0: what you're doing you're kind of like
1: am i helping i don't know and Would also you,
0: I'm getting someone water and who cares and yeah. But
1: look from my position now, uh, whenever I get PAs to work for us now, uh, man, PAs helps so much and it is such an important position, which when you do that position and you're pretty young, you're like, I'm not really doing much. Like, what am I doing here? Oh, maybe I should like move back home and, work for my buddy's dad like something like that you just go through so much but uh yeah at the at the time i was working for as a pa and on all this stuff and and i remember wanting to to make something and uh yeah they they brought me on to like help produce and and you know make their their i think uh the first one we did was like a digits music video which was like six years ago um and uh yeah, it was like something like that where we made it and then I had this like spark. I was just like, I wanna make something right. all the time. And then that's how I gradually just start to 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 find my, my at least like I don't know, my voice. Is that something cheesy to say? No, where you're just not like I, I found my what I wanted, what I wanted to speak through. Right.
0: Well, and kind of, you know, going backwards a bit, if you, you sound, you know, quite aware of, from, uh, of wanting to be immersed as an actor and as a comic from being, you know, from a very early age. And so at what point would you say there became a sort of, I know you said you got serious about pursuing it when you were like 25. Yeah, 25. But at what point mentally are you sort of deciding for yourself, even though you might not be acting on it? Where you're thinking, I would really like to pursue this?
1: Uh, oh, wow. Well, uh, that was high school. Yeah. Like, I was in high school. And is it um, that you
0: wanted to be a comedian or that you want to be an actor? I wanted
1: to be a comedian. I was in grade eight when I wanted to be a comedian, uh, which, funny enough, when I when I was talking about yearbooks... Um, in my grade eight graduation yearbook, it says like, what do you want to, what profession do you want to have when you're older? I had put actor comedian and it's just like, looking back on it, I'm like, that's awesome that I fucking knew what I wanted to
0: do. Who are the kind of people influencing you then? Uh, Like my, my idols? Yeah. Let's say thing. like, yeah, comedy people who left a kind of left a positive imprint on you. I oh, mean,
1: I think everyone had like Jim Carrey. I, I went through, I've been talking about Jim Carrey a lot lately since I watched that Vice documentary too. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> did you
0: watch um, the Jim and Andy thing? Yeah, on I watched yeah. I watched
1: it at TIFF. Um, and uh, what'd you think? A lot of emotions running through that man right now. <sighs> yeah. Um, and uh, he, he's he gone through something that not a, not a lot of people in the world were, will ever go through, where he was just the biggest star in the world. Um, and, uh, it definitely affected his,
0: he's someone who now, yeah, to me right now looks like, I know he's very much sort of presenting as being very like, for lack of a better term, sort of like emotionally woke and very sort of now not attached to the materialism of things and not attached to external distractions and pursuits. But I mean, he's also someone I would say who to me is reading as being deeply troubled,
1: very sad yeah very sad and uh, it it hurts me to realize that mm. where I'm like wow someone who I thought you were a you were a god to me you know right like, I, I imitated you for a, a big portion of my childhood and uh, now when I look at you I'm like oh man is that really? Is it really all worth it? You know, like well, having having all that.
0: Yeah, that weird kind of extreme he's fame. Such a,
1: he's he's almost like an experiment for for Hollywood, you
0: know, because that's all he knew. Yeah, from the time he was so young. Well, yeah. and I've heard someone describe. Um, I've said it on the podcast before, but um, Rosie O'Donnell talked about like mega fame. And she had a really interesting analogy. She said, you know, someone being hyper famous because I think she was talking about Madonna because, you know, they're best friends. And she's saying the thing about when you are, Oh, got something in your mustache. Do, 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 do. Got it. Thank you. Um, was that a booger? No, it was a piece of paper. Oh, okay. Imagine I just comfortably like your mom was like, I got it. Um, booger grab. And then on my pants. Um, I she says you know the thing about extreme fame is like it's kind of like climbing Everest but the thing about when you are on the top there is that the air on top of Everest is very thin and there comes a point where you need to climb back down because otherwise you suffocate and you die yeah and so I feel like Jim Carrey is someone who's made um an attempt to sort of climb down and for people who have had a very sustained kind of and I mean amplified fame in the, like truly in the way that Madonna is famous or Michael Jackson was famous. Like I don't understand how those people sustain it. And in many instances, you know, they, I mean, they don't make it, you know, there's such a, like in terms of someone who has been extremely famous for a very long amount of time. I mean, there really are not that many. Um, But in being someone who wanted to be a comedian from, quite a young age, I've I've realized in doing this podcast that's actually super rare because so many people I think tend to have found comedy later. Like I think um I think even Gwyn might be an example of this where, you know, they kind of go the traditional acting route and then realize that yes, maybe there's something there that they like, but they I don't know, something happens where it's like they all of a sudden stumble upon an improv class or show Yeah, And then realize that's the thing they want to do So interesting that you had the awareness of Wanting to do comedy straight away Because for a lot of people that I've spoken to That occurred to them later
1: Yeah I mean I I Knew that I wanted to do comedy Like I knew I wanted to be a comedian And everything but in that sense I was like I want to be a comedian I want to be a stand up comedian And I thought it was like That's what comedy was Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I find that now I mean I, I, I do act but I I love film, and I I started working in film production when I was in my like early twenties. And uh, there was, you know, I I found this whole world of uh, of mixing comedy with film, and it's you know, you you find all the comedy film nerds and and relate yeah, everyone to them does sort and, of find their own tribe. Yeah, and I fa- I found that. Um, and I, f- I found like that was kind of my, my thing. And I, I, I loved it. I love doing it. Um, I mean, I, I try to do, I, I do stand up as well, but I, I don't find myself to be a, you know, part of that part, part of that world. There's definitely this like vibe of, you know, once you found something that I feel like that, that's your thing. Um, I'm not, I'm not really, a. I'm not really a stand up. I, I, I mean, I do sketch once in a while, but I enjoy those things. I love doing them because they're super fun. But um, at the end of the day, like, I love, love, love filming stuff. Like, I love right. filming comedy. I love finding the timing and the edits. I love uh, directing performances where you get to the point where you're like, okay, give me like these three different. Like, I love it. And uh, were also, you
0: someone who quite enjoyed writers who were also very immersive excuse me the film element of things like were you someone who did enjoy personalities like albert brooks or woody allen Albert brooks yes yeah
1: yeah the movie uh what is it mother oh Um, yeah albert brooks is amazing yeah he's so funny and it's like i enjoy those types of comedians that can do like dramatic work as well like he's all around he's just got his own own thing he's it's So good and so funny,
0: but I think you're someone who when you talk about people sort of having this like this thing that identifies them or like this tribe that they belong to like I think at least to, I can't speak to obviously what everyone thinks but to me, I've always really felt like you are someone who has always just like done his own thing like yeah, which the, took me a while
1: to right. to get to to realize that I'm like, wait, I can do this by myself. I mean, I love working in groups in crews and and like I said, like even a someone who's a, a production assistant who feels like they're not adding to the project, mm-hmm. every single person on that crew adds to the project. Yes, and I I'm i I'm a huge believer that your attitude into that project affects the success of it because I I've worked with people who like you know. Uh, They're doing craft and they feel like they're not really contributing and so craft is like the worst food ever Mm. And that affects the the crew, you know, everybody starts, you know, and
0: also and I'm not even saying this is a joke like (coughs) Everyone is always just looking forward to lunch Yeah, everyone is looking forward to the moment when they get to eat That's just like the truism of being on every set. Everyone is so excited about
1: food I had uh, I, I, I shot something last week where the the craft in the morning was awesome. It was like it was just so good, and everybody was such in a good mood and wanted to work in the morning. Couldn't wait to set up that first shot, and I was mm. like, "This is this is a great set." It's uh, it's really like that. Like um, uh, when when. When getting into those, like, like I said, like finding, finding that thing for myself where I was like, yes, like I can make this stuff on my own or I can find, you know, I, I, I find myself like really wanting to be a producer as well. Cause I love finding the teams mm-hmm. and, and things I like, you know, bringing together people to make something. Um, I love, I love Finding someone who you know wants to film something and has that vision, and I'm like, I can help, help you, you with that. Right? I can help you with that and make that come true. Uh, I, I love that.
0: What? So, at what point do you sort of then get over the anxiety hump of feeling like you're not having enough confidence to do it? So, what is the thing helping you break through that to pursue um, it? Um.
1: Well, when I when it, when I was in my mid twenties, I started doing. Uh, I still didn't really know where I wanted to go with it I was like I want to do comedy like I I I find myself to be a funny guy you know I I was uh, in the direction of like I I just want to be an actor Mm. I just want to be a performer I don't really know what else I'm capable of because of a lot of just confidence issues where I was like no 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 like you pick your path and like that's it like you know like i got to i got to just go full out with this and uh yeah i did i did a bunch of shows uh i st- i got into like musical theater and uh i did uh i did debbie does dallas the musical which was uh <laughs> which was really fun i mean i had some friends who were like you should audition like let's go and i made a bunch of friends in that show it was really fun but uh After that, I was like, maybe musical theater is not for me. Like, I don't know. And then later on, a couple years later, a few years later, uh, I auditioned for Evil Dead, the musical, which was same type of thing. Like, uh, people were like, oh, you should audition or whatever. And uh, I got into the show. And uh, during that time, I I really went through this whole thing of like, is this really what I want to do? Because I thought, oh, this is what I have to do. To be an actor performer, like find work.
0: And if you um, don't, and if you're lacking confidence, it feels good if someone's pushing you in direction to say, like, yeah. you should do this. Like, yeah, that and feels you're like, good.
1: And you're like, I should do this. Okay, yeah. cool. All yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. And I, I went in there and uh, I, I remember having crazy anxiety attacks during mm-hmm. that show just because, I mean, the show itself is really fun. It's awesome. It was so fun to like, they gave me this like uh they gave me this opportunity to like at the at, during while i was doing the necronomicon uh i uh, which was the dance in the show the big dance at the end um the ending of the dance was me jerking off into an audience member's face yeah and uh, i would spray blood on them and it was just super <laughs> fun like it was awesome but it was also the uh the idea that that I couldn't do anything else. It was like you're doing these shows every day. I think at one point we were doing seven to eight shows a week. Um, And uh, that was it. They were like, you can't do anything else. And I think for myself that affected me a lot where I was like, oh, man, like I want to. You know, like, I, oh, I want to go out and film stuff. Like, I'm not I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be, like, doing other well, things. Well, because
0: it's the equal opposite impulse, if you always have this impulse um, from when you're quite young, of like, well, there could be this get-up-and-go and this change thing at the ready, but then someone now is telling you the opposite of, like, no, 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 no. this is your constant now, at least yeah. for this amount of time.
1: Yeah, and, like, you're supposed to be doing, no, you're doing this. You're staying um, put right here. You're staying put right here. And then also, those shows are a lot of work mm-hmm. anybody who does those shows you are you you will have to be in great shape you have to be off goddamn hard worker like mm-hmm. anybody who's doing those shows I'm now I look back on it and I'm like if I see anybody doing a type of show like that now I'm like goddamn you must be so fucking like just the like in the best shape ever. And, and also such the a mental hard worker, energy. Mental energy. And I just... I don't think I had the mental and en- en- energy. Um, physically, I got into really good shape. But, uh, I mean, it was... Uh, I, I don't know if my body was used to it. But at this point, when we were doing that show, I started losing all my hair. Hmm. Which, um, mentally, I was just like, am I... like?" It, do I really want to do... I, I was having anxiety attacks like these pan... I had one panic attack one night. And I didn't know it was a panic attack.
0: In the middle of a show? No. Oh. Uh,
1: but um, in the middle of a show... Actually, no. Right in the beginning of a show. Yeah. Because it was right before I went on. And I was understudying... Uh, I was understudying to be Jake. And it was one of the nights where I had to be Jake. And uh, I had a full-out panic attack... I was, I remember being backstage, like I was, I didn't know it was a panic attack, but mm. I was just sitting there going like, holy fuck, what is, what is wrong with me right now? Right. And, uh, it, it got to a point where I was like, uh, I told myself to stop being a baby or something like that. I was just like, nothing's wrong. Like, you're just, you know, you're just nervous. Right. And that's all I said to myself. I was like, you're just nervous. So I remember fighting it. And I went on, uh, it was a terrible performance. Like I was so bad that night. Um, and I remember leaving. And at that point, um, I remember being downstairs taking a shower and uh, like I lost a huge clump of hair. Oh my like God. a huge clump of hair. and I started going like, "What the fuck is that?" And right. I started losing more and more hair as we kept doing the show. Um, and, uh, I didn't have another panic attack, but I've had, I would have these anxiety, like my anxiety just kept getting worse and worse as we went on. Right. We're to the point where, cause you're... I think it was just like, I don't want to be here anymore. Right. Like your body's f- resisting. F- yeah. My body was like, you don't want to do this anymore. Uh, I didn't enjoy it. I, I, I mean, I, I, I loved a lot of the people that I was surrounded with. Uh, maybe I could have. Not done with a couple, but, um, uh, yeah, I was, uh, it's the thing I was, of, yeah, like I your was,
0: anxiety was getting so bad at, you like, you're like, I don't want to do this. And so your anxiety was like, guess what? So we're not going to let care. you, well, we're, well <laughs> yeah, and we're yeah, not going to yeah. let you, we're not going to let you. Yeah.
1: And then, uh, yeah. And then the show ended, uh, I think it was like, we finished in like a jan- in January, the show ended and, uh, at that point i had lost like half of my half of my head hmm. in hair i didn't have a beard like i i just had a little bit of my mustache right lost an eyebrow this is what year by the way just to have a timeline this is about 4 years ago wow okay so this is yeah when i was 20 <coughs> 4 years ago this is when i was 30 um and this is at a point where i just didn't really i thought I'm supposed to be an actor. Like, oh man, like, and this is what actors do. This is what it's like being an actor. Like you're just like, you have to do something that you're not really into or whatever. And I, I didn't have, I didn't have a sense of like, no, you're, you're, you know go off and make something that you've created i never thought about that stuff like i was always just like no i'm working as an actor i gotta i'm a puppet i gotta do whatever they tell me to do like the big man you know and
0: so it occurs to you to take more charge at what point
1: um after that i went through a little bit of uh depression and uh i started uh I I didn't really know what was going on with my body because I lost all that hair Mm -hmm. and and I was having a lot of anxiety like I just didn't really know and um, I kept going to I, I went to a dermatologist to see whether or not it was something with like my skin and. Uh, I went to uh, I went to a specialist, a thyroid specialist. I didn't know. I thought, oh, it's something with my body, R-
0: right? The physical.
1: I was right. like, it has to do something with my body. I have mm-hmm. I have a history of uh, vitiligo in my family, mm. um, so I thought, oh, that could be, you know, that could be it. That could be it's it's a relative, like uh, you know, alopecia. It's a it's a It's uh, you know, you're trying to find a a reason to justify the physical manifestation. I was trying so hard. I was trying so hard. And then I got to the point where uh, it was suggested to see a therapist um, because I was uh, I I started getting very angry about it Mm. and I didn't really know what was going on because also like you're you know, you're a person that like your appearance I, especially as actors, right? Like once your appearance changes dr- drastically, you're like, I'm not being seen for anything anymore. Right. So it started affecting me like that, and I got very angry. And uh, Gwyn said, uh, "You should see a therapist." Yeah, because that's probably maybe something that's affecting you is just your.
0: your mental health is, is affecting your body. And your reaction to sort of being, having a therapist recommended to you is what? Uh, in the beginning
1: I was hesitant. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know, but I went for it because I said there's, there's a chance. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I was, I mean, I'll, I'll go and try stuff. No problem. Um, I didn't know if that was it. I was like, I thought it was my, my body. And then, uh, and then uh, once I started seeing a therapist for a little while, uh, it didn't it didn't start growing back, but it definitely started clearing my head a lot right. of a lot of stuff that I had uh, never actually talked about a ton a ton of stuff that I had never actually talked about throughout the years, and um, and uh, at that point I think about seven or eight months later I think it was like a year where I just didn't have any any hair um i had gained a bunch of weight uh i was also like taking trying to i think for three months i was taking steroids for um, in the interest of what they 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 try to sell you on steroids to take for to grow your hair by. oh god um and they're like well you're gonna have to take them for about like a year or something like that and i'm like I have to take them for a year, like shots in your head, basically.
0: Well, and I can't imagine that stimulant being injected into your oh, body's man, good for your anxiety. Was like oh my god. It was
1: swelling my head, and my face was oh, like god. like this. And I couldn't grow uh, I couldn't grow any hair on my face. So I just had this like ball face, you know? And uh, I I so self-conscious because it was, uh, I had uh, patches on my head, basically, all over my head, so I always wore a hat. It just, you, just, you know, I just didn't feel good. Um, and it got, to, it got to the point where uh, I still tried to go out for acting like I would try so hard I'd be like maybe I need new headshots you mm. know and I took headshots for my new look and I uh, maybe I was like maybe uh maybe I should uh, audition for for certain for different roles now and and uh, a couple friends who were casting agents were like you understand like you know you look different now so it's you know it's going to be have you have a different you have a different look so it's going to be difficult to try to cast you you know and i'm like i can do
0: i can i can go out for these things yeah so what are uh, you kind of what are you going out for in that moment that they're sort of saying maybe is not as easy nothing commercial wise right uh and more of like you know uh
1: going out for one of them was uh i booked a thing uh i booked a role as a reporter in the movie room
0: yes right
1: Um, and, uh, that was one of the only things I booked, uh, while I was, you know, I, I had lost all my hair and I was like, this happened. And I was like, what? I was like, nice. I booked a role as a reporter. This is going to be the best. And I had like four lines and I was like, this is yes, this is so cool. And I went in and, uh, I remember being in the wardrobe room, like the makeup room and the makeup artists, uh, looked in my head And originally when I went in, they were like, yeah, just wear a hat. You're going to wear like a a thing hat. I'm like, okay, cool. And then I went into the makeup room and the makeup artist looked at my head. She goes, what am I supposed to do with that? Uh And I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, you have all these like patches on your head. Like what, what, you know? And I was like, oh, well, I have a hat. Like I was, they were going to tell me to wear. And she's like, I don't. I don't know. Uh, okay, well, let me. And she's like trying to put makeup on my head, but right. she can't find the right shade and all this stuff. And uh, she tells her assistant to come over. So I have these two people looking at my head. And then they tell the AD to come over and the AD oh, comes my over. God. So I have these three people looking at my head. And I obviously I just feel like the biggest fucking loser in the place. Cause because well, you're not other feeling like people. a person. You're feeling like I, a specimen. Yeah. And I was, yeah. I, and at that point I was just like, Oh man, like, holy shit. Like, I just feel so just not very good. Like I was just like, okay, well, and then at that point I was like, Hey guys, like, so am I able to wear this hat? And then the AD was like, oh wait when, one second she got a message from wardrobe and she's like yeah yeah he's wearing a hat and then they're all <sighs> like oh okay so at that point it was like you fucking uh soul anyway uh so i went i went through yeah. that yeah and
0: well uh, and I, I don't know if you've ever heard have ever heard this about anxiety but there was an interesting definition i heard attached to it which is that you know ang- anxiety is the emotional manifestation of not acknowledging something as it was when it was happening. And it's interesting. Like that's such a prime example. Even when you're having that panic attack before (laughs) you're going on for evil dead, where you're like, I'm not having this experience. I'm just nervous. Oh man. I was was
1: holding in so much stuff, like holding it in to the point where I would force my body to not feel something. It's like, it's like that same feeling of, uh, of, uh, Of like wanting to cry, or your body being like, you're going to cry now. Like this is hitting you. You're going to cry now. And I would be like, nope, no, you're not. Just hold that sucker in and you're just not crying at all. Now I cry on like I can cry on the spot whenever something's happening uh, that hits me emotionally at all because I'm like, yep. This is hitting. This is happening. Just do it. Just do it.
0: Listen, Rod. I had a very similar experience when I was a when I was a younger person. I remember, you know, I I grew up in a fairly chaotic household, and you know, much of of course, what's going on is very much out of my control. But it's the frustration of having to put up with a very negative experience, even though I'm not the um, instigator of it. And I remember there'd be many times throughout my child and teen years where I would get so angry but couldn't voice it. Yeah. I actually remember physically pushing it down into my body just in the interest of trying to move on and then just live, right? Like, um, And subsequently also absolutely dealt with anxiety and didn't know what that was. Because I also think you, know, you and I, particularly for – when we would have been like maybe anxious or nervous kids, like there is that language used with kids now because there is a greater awareness for it. But anxiety and depression was not used for kids.
1: No, you were just saying you were basically just, you seemed like you were weak or something like it just, you were moody or you were
0: shy or just whatever kind of very, you know, tame adjective that someone could throw at you. And were you though, I mean your reticence to sort of, um, go into therapy and be someone who like I'm just going to ignore this and push through is some of that attachment because I wonder this about guys a lot because I think you know boys are not really encouraged intentionally or not to be sort of emotionally curious about themselves or other people to be sort of emotionally investigative investigative I'm no I botched that word twice <laughs> um um but uh, so I wonder if do you think some of the the um the comfort in kind of looking away not really looking into what's s- sort of centrally troubling you is also attached to this uh sense of like well i no one's really letting me know that it's okay to be that way or you know i'm not really feeling like um it's okay to be like a sensitive sort of um um you know, emotional, vulnerable person.
1: Um well, yeah, I never I never really had that uh growing up which it was more of a I mean whatever cards you're dealt with, you're going to deal with them.
0: You are just going to get up and you uh, will move with your family. Yeah, yeah.
1: you're you're going to do it. I mean, like I a part of it, my family was pretty awesome for the fact that we all we all did work together. We tried to make it work. Uh, no matter what was going on. Uh, my my mom and dad always would go out of their way to make sure that my brothers and I felt good and like we had our family and everything. We never felt alone. Um, but it was definitely like uh, never never never, ever show your weakness um never never really show that you're you know sad or dealing with everything it would be like me walking into a room getting the cl- glimpse of my mom or dad were you know in a fight or or sad or you know my mom my dad maybe was in that like zone where he's like thinking about what the fuck am i gonna do about this and uh me walking into the room seeing that for a split second and then he would be like I can't show that to my, to my kid. I gotta, gotta, you know, and be like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make sure that everything seems okay. You know? And, and I get, I get that now. We can't show the cracks in the veneer. Yeah. Yeah. I get why my parents were like that. And I guess that hit me on, on hit me harder than I thought with that's kind of what I was like for a big portion of my adult life. Um, I still am kind of like that sometimes, but I, I, I acknowledge it and then I'll say it out loud and be like, this is how I'm feeling. Um, and, uh, yeah, during, during that, that whole time, I mean, I, I went through a lot of, I went, I went through a lot of, uh, crazy anxiety and, uh, I think at one point, um, after room, which. Uh, they cut me out of, actually, which was hilarious. Then, after all that. After all that, I did the scene. Like, we did the scene. I had, like, four lines or something. We were outside the house. It was this, like, reporter thing. And I left. And I was like, oh, nice. Like, cool. I got in. Like, you know, I'm in I'm in this, like, movie. And then I went to go see it with Gwen mm-hmm. uh, in the theater. And I remember uh, it got to that scene that <laughs> i was like i was like okay cool here we go and i wasn't there it was just the back of my head and i was like
0: oh god what
1: the and then oh you know, brutal i mean luckily i was with gwen who you know she's the most loving supporting partner ever oh so she for was sure just like, she was just like it's still pretty cool that your name's in the credits and i was like yeah you're right it is still pretty cool but like uh, it would have been sweet to be seen a yeah 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 um but yeah, I, I went through a little bit of like that rut and uh, I was very, I, I was just angry because I wasn't able to go where I thought I was supposed to be. And then, um, and then... Uh, it Do you got mean to, in
0: relation to like career stuff? To or? career yeah. stuff,
1: to like acting and everything. I was like, well, I guess I'm, you know, not fit to be an actor. That, that sort of mentality where you just automatically stump yourself because you're not traditionally like the the good looking like actor you know when it took me a while to realize where being you know a, having a different look is way better than
0: particularly if like you're a model, well and particularly which
1: I don't look like a model i'm saying that that's where you're trying so hard to be when well it's a very narrow think, landscape yeah. for
0: tv and film right so it's yeah. like you it's it's tv beautiful or bust and yeah. i think it becomes more endearing and sort of actually more beneficial to you if you don't necessarily have that aesthetic and you are kind of facilitating and then creating your own work because then you are able to sort of carve out a um, a role for yourself or you can carve out work for yourself that ultimately can help adhere to uh, not only the person that you are, I suppose, yes, physically, but also ultimately like what your voice is. And sort of, and I I mean, I certainly feel like, you know, uh, my voice as a writer is impacted by how I feel physically and how I feel, um, you know, I would say not unlike yourself, not upheld as being uh, a TV beautiful person, right? Yeah. Like that thing. It's like, you. I mean, everyone in their day-to-day lives are at the very least like we're all good looking enough. Yeah. That is just the truth. We are all good looking enough people in our own world. But then the second that translates into needing to be an actor for a specific thing, it's like it's such a small group of people who are consi- con- who are deemed good enough. Yeah. And so I think um so I think that kind of maybe not fitting that mold necessarily can actually be so good for someone who's actually writing and doing their own stuff. Yeah do you how do you feel like um being in therapy has sort of helped you are you still in therapy
1: i I stopped going after a little while uh due to time mm-hmm. uh, but I, and it's I, expensive I, I, yeah it's expensive but it, it got it 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 got me to a point where I was at least able to start talking a lot about it and, and uh, about the way I was feeling and and being to uh analyze my my own life and my past and and embracing a lot of things, um, and uh, I I I will go back, um, but uh, yeah, it 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 really helped me to the point where it helped me with my uh, a, a, I think every relationship I have with my parents, um, and it was awesome that I uh, I mean, I I sat down with my parents and I told them I was going to therapy. And these are, like, very traditional Latin parents from, like, old school South America. Mm -hmm. So I thought I was going to hear, like, why do you need to go to therapy? Like, why are you going? What's wrong, you know? Oh, and also
0: generationally, Um, they're not from a time where therapy is considered par for the course at all. Not at all. Right. Um, But they were super
1: supportive. Uh, I told them right away, and uh, both my parents were like, hey, well, you got to do what you got to do to... To get better, and and uh, if that's what you know, you, you feel is helping, and uh, I feel like that was a big stepping stone in my relationship with my parents because right away I was like, oh man, you guys are so nice, mm-hmm. like, so supportive, and uh, yeah, I mean i i I don't uh, I don't find uh, I mean there was the stigma of like going to therapy and you're messed up and you know, but
0: but did you feel that even an hour circle of people because I feel like I know so many comedians who have gone and are in therapy. And I, I, like I actually felt for myself that I was very comfortable letting people know that I went because it to me seemed kind of in the air. Yeah. Like it didn't, maybe I, maybe I would feel differently if I worked in a different industry, but did you still feel kind of nervous about that even amongst our group of people?
1: Not, no, not really. Um, I mean, it it might've in the beginning, like, maybe six years ago maybe uh but i think that's just like a like just growing as a person now i'm like you're going you're seeing a therapist oh man like Mm -hmm. you are so healthy (laughs) right yeah you know I i just find it to be like this mental health uh you know the same thing with people doing yoga i mean rip on them all you want about how nerdy they look but uh they are Doing such a good thing to their body, you know,
0: I actually find it very attractive when someone goes to therapy because to me, I'm like, you're taking care of yourself. That's so good. Yeah. Do you feel like um, do you feel now like there are things you're kind of mindful of doing that help you handle your anxiety better? Because I just want to say first, I think it's really important that the conversation around anxiety and depression is not like, here's what you can do to get rid of it, because that is such a recipe for someone yeah, I just I
1: don't I, I say it's still gonna be there for a while You just have to learn how to how to work with it, you know But
0: and, don't you think so much of like what the come down from that is like because so much in relation to self-help is sold as like Here's how you get rid of this thing forever And then of course there's that thing of like, okay great So I'm doing this thing and I haven't been feeling these feelings for a while. So mission accomplished. I guess I did it and then inevitably you are a human being who has a feeling and <laughs> yeah. then you feel like such a failure cause you're like, Oh no, I guess I, I didn't work hard enough or I didn't do this thing enough. And it's like, that's not you. The whole point is yeah. the idea is not that we get rid of something entirely. It's that we understand this will be maybe, um, a constant in our lives and the focus should be not on eliminating it, but just handling it, um, more productively in the moment that it happens. Yes. And so do you what are there things you're mindful of doing now to sort of help you cope with it a bit better?
1: Well, it, it definitely pushed me in a direction where I I wanted to artistically do stuff that that I am very passionate about, which now it's now it's come to the point where I'm uh I I work very hard because I love what I'm doing. Um, And instead of working very hard because someone is like, you know, there's some uh, someone being like, hey, uh, we're we're really, uh, really relying on you. You know, there's a lot of people who, who are spending a lot of money on uh, making sure that you do a good job like uh, a lot of pressure a lot of pressure and it's right. like oh god i don't even really enjoy this right? why, why am
0: i doing this for you you know or even the difference um, of being like you know what you should do this cuz i think you'd be good at it yeah like even though that's encouraging like that doesn't it it's not what you want to do and right. that's
1: that's what that's what it's gotten to me uh wh- that's what i've been thinking about now so much is are you good with it? Like this is, is this something you really want to do? Um, how passionate are you in it? Uh, how fun is it? Uh, I mean, it, uh, it, it really, and like I said, like a lot of the reason why I seem so chilled out a lot of the time is because I don't want to get too excited about anything. Cause then it just gets my anxiety going. Mm. Um, and, uh, I get that when, when working on things a lot, uh, especially like working, uh, I, w- I was a second AD for a little while, uh, working on, uh, Gail Pyle. And, uh, I had a couple of people comment on the fact that they're like, they're like, you know what, no matter how like crazy it gets on set, like Rodrigo, like you gotta, you know, like you keep, you keep your attitude and like you keep everything pretty calm. And I'm like, that's because I'll have an anxiety attack. Mm, If uh, I, if I, you know, if I go nuts, like that's why I uh, stay nice and calm. Um, Weed is also the best thing ever for that. Um, No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, I guess for me, it's math. Uh, (laughs) um, I guess if
0: I had to like retort, um, I mean, I think I'm someone who, you know, particularly with when it comes to like feeling a big feeling, I have just found for myself, I'm trying to, I feel like I'm trying to do two things at one time often, because I'm someone who I'm sure not unlike a lot of people, when I feel something, I feel it in a very big way. And I've often said, like, even a really joyful and happy feeling, like, it actually does tend to sort of overwhelm my body. Yeah. And so... I run the risk, though, of if I put if I tamper it too, or if I tamp it down too much, then I feel overstimulated because I'm not really able to exercise it and get it out. But then by the same token, I'm very aware, rightfully so, that like that feeling that I'm coming uh, that I'm bringing and coming at someone with could really be very overwhelming for them. Um, like it's not like I was saying I, um, a few days ago, I saw a, a show with a friend and it's a kind of thing like I was going to meet them outside the theater and I told them when we did finally meet that I had thought someone walking past the theater was them like however many minutes ago. And I was like, and because I'm not someone who can just be like, Rodrigo, it's so nice to see you. I fully to, like, these two strangers w- were like, hey! And then I was like, oh, that was a lot to these two people who, like, visibly to me were like, oh! And then I was like, oh, God, I'm sorry, it's not you, it was I'm sorry. Um, but uh, but I feel like I'm trying to do two things at once. Of Yeah, like, on the one hand, trying to feel the feeling yeah. and not police it too much, but then also understanding, like, oh, God, that could be a lot for somebody. So, I mean, I think, and part of that is the anxious mind of, like, wanting to control something and I've just found for myself something that is really helpful is just um, not to say that necessarily I'm finding a solution in the moment but just to be very sort of verbal and clear about like I'm feeling this way right now good or bad yeah and sometimes that is not to say again not to say that you're finding a solution necessarily but at the very least you're not feeling the pressure Um, of feeling like you need to behave a certain way and people then also know where you're at so they're not having to like guess or do some strange sort of like digging or detective work yeah um so um so you would say sort of in all of your kind of learning about yourself like it's really helped us i would say um motivate you and kind of going in the direction of following things that actually matter to you and pursuing projects that actually matter to you pursuing
1: projects and and knowing that you are capable than more than than what you you think um i uh it, during all that time when i was you know frustrated and everything i i finally got to the point where i was like uh i'm going to i'm going to make something i'm going to write uh, a script so i started writing more and then i wrote a short uh and i, I said oh i'm going to film it I'm going to film it next week. And I filmed it. Uh, And that was uh, one of the shorts I did with like uh, Dan Byrne. It was called Job Interview. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was the that was the first one that we did. First one that we did uh, together. I did it with Tim Moore. Tim Moore, who's like the best dude ever. Uh, And um, and and we filmed it. But it was such a sense of like me being like, I'm going to do this. And I did it. And it was it was like our our baby who we all you know were very, we very were, we were very uh passionate about the whole project and we did it and uh yeah and then and then it it uh it helped in in basically helping me in in basically getting uh a sense of like this is what you're capable of doing just keep doing this like keep making things keep coming up with ideas and and creating and you don't you know uh like you don't have to be just an actor which now I find that you can't just be I know I know you have to be able to do like four different things um and that's what that's what's helped me along the way where I'm just like wait no I can I can you know I'll, I'll make my own thing and and making your own things develops this reputation of, of this is what you do, and other people will know you for that of the thing that you are so proud of, and the thing that you're you know you're you're getting better at every day and like you're and you're good at like uh, and people will know you for that and eventually give you jobs, and and you know and and do your thing and like that way you're. At least for my mental state, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is this is what's helping. Right. Is where I'm happy with what I'm doing and, and I'm, I'm doing things that I feel so proud of. and
0: And presumably there's an added validation because with that short that you're talking about, it was also very well received. So presumably there must be some almost I can imagine like vindication of like, oh, right. Yes, yes, there's 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 you know, there, this. I am going in the right direction. There's more. <laughs>
1: there's right. more to me than right. just what I thought there was uh, it and it uh, during that time I, where I was very depressed and, and uh, the anxiety was all over the place. Uh, as soon as we made that it that no matter how much uh, it doesn't seem like it was a big part. That was a huge, huge help in my life and and after that that's when it started to really kick in where i was like let's just keep making things creating things and and uh i i didn't I, I wasn't worrying as much um and i and i started uh you know getting jobs through those sort of projects where i was like uh making more shorts and becoming part of other people's projects and making sure that i you know that i that I was helping people that were just as passionate as, as me. and Right. Um,
0: is that sort of then, do you think like the dream job scenario for you then is where you're in the position where you get to create and then execute the material that you are behind, like having your own show or, or, have, or... that would be, that would be awesome. I
1: mean, I think that's a lot of people's dreams. Uh, but I, I really love, uh, just being part of a team of people that are as excited as me. Um, when I say that, it's like, they just want to make something uh, original and, and funny and um, as, as, you know, just people with the same state, of people that aren't uh, uh, jaded. Yeah. Uh, uh, in a sense, or, or this like cynical attitude of like, ah, well, it's not as, it's not as good as that, like, other, as that Hollywood movie, or, yeah. like, why bother, you know? Like, this is how the system works. And I'm like, I don't think we all, I don't think uh, we know how the system works exactly. I mean, sure, there's a lot of things that, you know, there's m- maybe a formula to a lot of the things that we see with certain people, but I'm, I'm going to say that we, you know, if we, send something out into the world we don't know how people are gonna you know receive it so and let's just make it and send it off
0: well exactly right because ultimately it's like okay so have that attitude of like well i'm not sure how this is gonna go it's like okay great then just sit there and do nothing yeah congratulations that's your end game
1: yeah there you go so i uh i, I look out for those people that will come with me on on that ride where they're just like you want to make this thing yeah let's make it happen um and uh, i have come across a ton of those people which I make stuff with those people all the time like I said like Tim Moore who uh who's just the greatest dude ever I will send him an idea and he's like let's film it right that's literally the first thing he says it's like yeah let's do it um and uh guys like the Tony Ho guys and uh you know uh Gwyn uh who's in Templeton Philharmonic she they they are always doing stuff like that she'll come up with an idea and then she'll be like yeah in two weeks we're gonna film this thing and i'm like god damn that's so inspiring i know that makes me want to make something and every single time i come up no matter i have really stupid ideas like such to the point where uh we just did a video where it was a puking dj and I was
0: that made me laugh so hard I
1: was sitting on the I was sitting on the couch with Gwen and I watch a lot of boiler room videos because I'm always like these people are so uh, these DJs are so cool but you always see the people in the background and all these people are just you know you're like literally the DJ could be doing anything and whatever and that's how we decided to do it but I was like oh a puking DJ and then I looked at Gwen and we're both like let's film it in a couple Mm, of days yeah but you know the fact that I can say that out loud, and she's like, "Yeah, let's do it." I just find that to be such a like. That's the type of environment that I want to be surrounded with all the time is uh, people who are just going to be like, "Hey, if you want to do it, you go do it." Right. Like that's it. You know, um, uh, if you believe in it, you go do it. You make it happen, um, and that that's what I that's what I love about a ton of. The people I get to work with are just people who are constantly like, I'm going to do this thing. And I'm like, you are? And they're like, yeah. And a week later they're like, yeah, I did it. And I'm like, fuck, it's just the, it's so inspiring and, and, and it's beautiful not- to watch people make things happen for themselves. Yes. And I am a true believer in, if you want to do something, do it. Don't blame or depend on others. To, to make something happen for you.
0: And um, I think that's so true, not only with the sort of manifesting of professional ambition, but also for like taking care of yourself. Like you need to yourself. be the you one taking to care up. of yourself. Yeah. yeah. Now, as we um kind of wrap things up here, I'll ask you the last question I ask everybody, which is um with a very loose criteria. So it can be from something very recent or far away and it can be in relation to your personal or professional life, but... Could you, Rod, share a happy memory?
1: A happy memory? Um, uh, a happy memory? Well, let's say a happy memory would be... Um,
0: oh, wow. You if really, this, if really this helps happen. you, if this helps you, yeah. in sharing this happy memory, there's no pressure of that Then meaning that it's the happiest memory. So you're not equating you know greater importance by sharing it. You're just sharing it maybe because it's pumped into your head
1: oh uh, a really nice memory i don't I don't get to see my older brother a lot um my oldest brother uh Jose, he lives in san diego um but uh he surprised my family last last year. And he came to visit. uh, We had a little bit of like a family meeting sort of thing, just because we all needed to talk about a couple things. Um, As we should, we communicated, which was amazing. Good. I've never. uh, It was. It was amazing. But uh, yeah, to see my uh, to see my brother after a couple of years, um, and uh, him walking into the room and. My mom, who wasn't expecting them, she started to cry, oh, man. and it hit me so hard because seeing my mom like that, I started to cry, and my dad looked at me, and my dad hugged me, and we were just this—it's just a feeling of being this connected family, and uh, that was that was a really happy moment just to see my my parents that happy because, um, you know, everybody, it, my my family goes through some hard times, but uh, they are always in good spirits and thankful for what they have and just uh it's it's beautiful to to have that when uh, everybody was in the same room. Hmm. So.
0: Well, I want to thank you again for doing this. I'm really really flattered truly that you asked to do it. Oh, no, no.
1: I'm I'm always down for this stuff, man. I I like I said and like we talked about uh talking about things is the is the best thing and I, I need to talk about things a lot more uh, because I feel that uh, I was very closed off uh, closed in mm-hmm. um, uh, in the past and I need to talk more and more about all this stuff uh, because also there's probably other people that that uh, need to hear this stuff as well because they probably deal with the same things. They probably deal with the same emotional uh you know, emotional wall, and uh, they need to just hear it so they can kind of relate to it and and um, and wake up. So
0: yeah, well, and I also think you know, there's something about maybe uh, you know, there's some there. I think at the very least is something nice about um, maybe hearing men who you otherwise wouldn't expect to have a certain kind of emotional dialogue having it. Because, because, you know, I've said this on the show before. It's like, you know, women are encouraged to be um, like emotionally aware and emotionally intuitive. And then they are that way and then they're punished for it. And then men are told not to be that way and then they're not. And so then they ruin themselves.
1: Yeah, they ruin themselves. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm getting to this point now because of the women in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I find that a lot of the relationships I have with men. Are still emotionally closed. Um, I, we talk about the same things, where it's like you mm-hmm. see the game the other day, and like that's what we're gonna talk about now. But um, but I, I have a few friends right now that are are opening up are o- opening up to me and myself to them uh, because of also what's going on in the world now. Where there's a lot of, I feel like there's just a lot of changes, Mm -hmm. good changes in, uh, in, in, you know, in the workplace and uh, the way, uh, the way the system has worked for a while. And uh, there's changes that, that are, I'm glad that are being made. And uh, we need to just talk about it more and more because that's the whole point to it is bring it up, talk about it. Uh, And it's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. But uh, fuck that. Talk about it as much as possible because that's the only way we're gonna make it a make it a normal thing in our everyday lives is to just talk about all this stuff, you know. And I I owe it uh, I owe this a lot to the women in my life, like Gwyn. She has opened up my my mind to a lot about the way I the way I was. Um, I was a very I was pretty misogynistic. Back were you? in the day. When I was like younger. Yeah. I, you know, you grow up around, surrounded by, not my, not a lot of my family, my, my dad is this loving, super caring man, Latin man too. But, you know, you grow up in a, in a, in a family where it's like, men don't cry. right? Or, uh, you know, like we de- we deal with it. Um, and
0: I imagine so much of it too is just the insidious way that misogyny kind of creeps in and then helps inform your behavior
1: yeah uh, and and I was gonna say I grew up in a in, a, in like uh you grew up in uh, surrounded by like uh a lot of guys in your in your school that are just like you know jockey uh you know we, we you're basically you're you're valued at like how many women you've slept with and like right uh, and and for me a, a big portion of that was uh when i was trying to find out who i actually was i thought oh uh that's probably where i need to be is just like try to show that i'm like the most manly out of the men right and when i wasn't that i was like maybe i'm like the guy that like lays a lot right and then i was like wait maybe i'm the guy that uh I'm in a band like you know like I was saying before but it's just like you're trying so hard to see where you're where you're fitting in when you're like wait this is none of this matters it's all about making sure that you as yourself are comfortable and healthy in your with your with your mind which uh yeah I I, uh I, I really really want to talk about this as much as possible because uh I, I find that uh, the more we don't talk about it, the nothing will get done yeah really, so.
0: Well, I think that's a perfect note to end on. right on thanks so much for doing this man.
1: Hey no problem.
0: All right, I goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> 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 I see the snake.